got your Bibles, Matthew, Matthew chapter something. I got to get my glasses on, brother Wade. I can't see the number. Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. Oh, I feel victory here tonight. I feel the hope of eternity in this place tonight. We used to hear about it all the time, the coming of the Lord. We'd hear it from the perspective of Brother Hurd. Some of y'all will remember Brother Richard Hurd. Man, he could, I've heard some of his sermons on tape, man. He, he made you for sure not a want to go to hell. Didn't he, Brother Darrell? But then I heard a whole lot of messages, Brother Keith, about, oh, won't it be good when you get over there. I thank God for the messages that scared the fire out of me. Maybe scared the hell out of me is what we'd say. Come on, somebody, don't act all spiritual. You had a whole lot of hell in you. And it scared anything in me wanting to go to hell. But oh, I tell you what, I really enjoyed those ones when I got to look at where I was going instead of where I knew I shouldn't go. I got to hearing about how good it's going to be seeing his face, our brother Darrell. When I get to look on his face and I get to ask him all them questions, Sister Kim, why? I wonder if it really maybe will matter. I don't know. Maybe when I get there, I won't even care about the why. I'll just be so happy that I made it. <laughs> I'll just be excited. I made it to heaven. Everybody thought, man, that old Scott, he ain't never going to make it. Where's Sister Helen? She ain't here tonight. Me and her had some funny stories. I'd tell her about a couple of episodes when I was growing up. And I wonder if some of them teachers would say, that boy ain't going to amount to nothing. But you know what? I might not have millions in the bank. There's one thing I do have. I know where I'm going to make my final resting place. Well, I preached a little bit about it anyhow. Matthew chapter 6, one verse, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. But seek first the kingdom of God. When one seeks God, he becomes more like him. The closer you get, Closer you become like him. One more verse, Hebrews chapter 11. Or one more reading. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness. That he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. 
by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him before his translation. He had his testimony that he pleased God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to preach to you tonight. Diligence has a payback. Diligence has a payback. Lift your hands one more time. God, speak to our heart. Come on, talk to him. Ask him tonight. God, speak to me tonight. Don't let this just be another sermon. Come on, we can hear sermons all day long nowadays with the technology. We need to hear a word from God for us where we are. God, speak to my heart right now. Speak to me, God. I need you to talk to me here tonight through your word. That declaration will give you a word from God tonight. Jesus' name, Lord. Let your anointing break every yoke. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Diligence has a payday. This thought came earlier today as I was getting ready for, for service. <clears throat> My mind quickly went to Hebrews 11 and 6. But before I get into that, let me, let me bear a few points God in his creation, he created you and I in his image and in his likeness. The scripture gives you and I that terminology for a reason. It's not a coincidence. It's in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, the foundation by which you and I look back and pattern everything through and by. So if I understand I'm created in the image of God, I need to know what is it about him that makes him what he is to better understand what I'm to become. Me and you, we, we, we come into this as Christians or Christianity or church or whatever you have or we want to brand this, but many times we come and we don't know what are we doing. What are we, what's all this about? What, what's the purpose of living for God? Why, why do I do, young people, why am I even here? Why do we have a youth group? Why do we have activities and things? Of, to answer the question, you and I have got to go back and find the answer to the original. What is it that made God what he is? And if I can better understand what he is, then now I know what I am to become because I was created in his image and in his likeness. I wasn't created to do what I want to do. I was not created for me to just to kind of go through life bumping around and trying to figure out what it is that will bring value to my life, my family, my home, my So one of the key ingredients I find in the beginning, Brother Darrell, is God seeks that which he created. 
And I find it in the third chapter of Genesis where Adam and Eve were hiding amongst the fig leaves. And God comes down and says, where are you, Adam? God knew where Adam was. God never goes looking for something he didn't intend to find. He knew exactly where Adam was. But it's trying to show you and I what God does for you and me. He seeks you. Why does God, why does God? You're created in his image. There's nothing that has greater value to God than you and I as humanity. The cows, the dogs, they don't. But humanity is what matters to God. And he asked Adam, where are you? And he is showing you and I a picture. How in spite of Adam's mistake, in spite of what Adam did, in spite of Adam's blunder, in spite of Adam's mess up, God still sought him out. That when you and I make our greatest mistake, or at a loss for what to do in living for God, you need to be reminded, I'm created in His image. And one thing about His image and about Him, He is in a perpetual state of seeking you and I. He'll never give up on you. He'll never throw you to the curb. But He will always reach for you and seek you with all of His being. So I see from the very beginning, God is looking for what he created. Jesus picks it up. I don't know, Matthew or Luke talks about it. It says, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So from the old to the new, I see that God is in a perpetual state of seeking you and I. You say, well, I've heard that. I I, kind of can figure that. That's really, but yet it really hasn't dawned on us. Because when I get as far away from him and I can't feel a goose bump, I can't feel a hair sticking up for some that's got it. He is reaching at that moment. Whether you feel it or not, whether you feel his hand on you or not, whether you feel his strength or not, whether you feel peace or not, whether you feel what you once had or not, he is seeking you and looking for you. And he ain't. So if I understand this element of him, he's there to seek, to save that. Worship, the element of humanity, relationship with him, that was lost. I can better now understand Hebrews 11. If this is God's nature that he never stops, and I am created in that image, then Brother Darrell, there should be something in me that never stops seeking him. If I stop seeking him, then something has got in my visual and blocked my ability to look at why all this. 
I've said it a hundred times. I'm going to keep saying it. Why do I come to church? I'm seeking Him. Why do I live for Him? Because I'm seeking Him. Why do I do what I do? Because I'm seeking Him. Why do I pray? It ain't because I want to give Him a shopping list of things I need Him to do. Every time I go to my knees in prayer, I'm seeking Him. I want to know more about Him. I want to know what pleases Him. I want to know more about His nature that I can become more like Him. That's what it's about. It's not about him, a genie in a bottle. God, here's my list. Fix them, heal them, put them all together. It's to know him. And to know what he's trying to do in that moment. Hebrews, find it for me, 11, verse 3. He starts at the writer, commonly Paul. That's who they give credit to. Through faith, we understand that the world's we're framed. World, we're framed by the word of God. The word world comes from a Greek word means eon or where we get the word eon, it's aeon. And what it means is, is a certain place in time or a season, an age that God has allowed to come. The word framed means Complete. Now put it in context. For through faith we understand that there is a certain season and age by which things are complete. How does that apply? And what was he talking about in Hebrews? He was, he was leading up to verse 6. That the people of the age... Whether it be Abraham, whether it be Enoch, whether it be Moses, whether it be Paul or Samson. All the heroes of faith. What it's saying is, is these people had to operate by faith and not by sight. Seeking God is something you can't see. It's something you do. Seeking God is not something. I don't have the man Jesus standing here. If he was, it would be a whole lot easier sometimes to live for God because I could run to him. But there are times you and I go to him in prayer and I can't see him. But I can't let it stop me from seeking him with everything that I have. My family is counting on it. My salvation is counting on it. My church is counting on it. My community is counting on it. And they completed the dispensational age for what God told them through his word for that moment. You and I are in a different age. We're in a different dispensation. We're in a different time. I wish sometimes I could go back and then other times I wish I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to sawdust. And brush arbors. I don't want to go back to riding on a camel. Can I get three amens from somebody? I don't want to go back. What he's trying to show you and I is this. There is a certain element of God's word. That he's going to give you and I in this age. Just like he gave them. And if I'll take the word that God's given me. For this age. And for this time. Or this set season. then I've, And through faith. I can take that word. And I can complete the journey. What Hebrews 11 is all about. Is every one of the heroes of faith. They didn't have what they could see. They just had an element of faith. That said I'm going to keep going. Regardless of the obstacle. Regardless. 
regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of the problem of the valleys I may walk through, I've got faith in the word of God that whatever God started, God's going to complete it at whatever the cost. If God started it, then God will finish it. As long as I take the word eon, the time I'm in, and let him frame it. Now, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let's skip the next two verses and go to verse 6. Why did he slip in those two men, Abel? I've read this, I can't tell you how many times and I've read right through it and it's like God started it in verse 3 and then he skips on down and he lists two men Seth and Enoch and if I'm not careful brother Darrell, I just read right through it and I miss what did those men represent that he would slip it in and then conclude it with verse 6 what was Seth or what was Abel Abel it said he offered the right Sacrifice. So the key that's going to keep my faith in proper perspective with the word of God is I got to make sure that I give the right sacrifice unto the Lord in the dispensational time that God has called me to. That's why if there's ever a time for you and I to sacrifice in prayer, sacrifice in living for whatever you want to label as sacrifice unto the kingdom, now's the time for you and I to throw everything out the window that doesn't matter and reach in for the things that do matter and say, God, I've been praying my best prayer yet. I haven't done my great work for you yet. You may be 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. God ain't done with you yet. If you and I can grab it by faith, there's still something you got to complete. And the right sacrifice is what determines him doing it. What's the next one? Enoch. You know why he slipped it in? Because at the end time, the biggest battle we face, Jesus is coming. I don't believe that. And we live our life to our own desire and pleasure. And at the end time, that's why he said it. He said, there's going to be ten virgins or ten with those wicks and them lamps. And he said five are going to be wise and five are going to be foolish. But to the five wise, when it came time for the bridegroom to come, they had enough oil in that lamp to keep the fire burning. Folks, I'm not going to deny. It may be tough sometimes living for God. It may be a challenge in the world. It's a hard time right now for our young people. It's a hard time for our young couples. The world is pulling on them. Every type of philosophy and mindset and opinion is bombarding their minds trying to tell them to do whatever they want to do and living for God is a bunch of old fogey and that's a bunch of antiquated living but I'm here tonight to declare the coming of the Lord is going to happen and you and I better do everything in our power to make sure that I'm ready for when God comes if there's a question of whether you should do it or not there's your answer don't do it Well, I 
wonder if I should do that. I wonder if I should go there. I wonder if I should act that way. If you're questioning, why don't you just err? If there be error, probably not. Won't you just let it be on the side of caution and just don't do it? There are some things that just don't take rocket scientists to figure out. It's going to kill you. Seven packs of Marlboro a day will kill you. There are certain things that if you and I keep the right sacrifice before him, stay faithful to the things of God in which you know. There's coming an Enoch moment. He slipped that in to let you and I know. That ain't the first rapture. Enoch was rapture. You and my rapture, Brother Daryl, that's the second rapture. They done had one, Enoch. He done been raptured. He was taken while he was alive. What's rapture? The catching away. God caught Enoch and carried him away while he was alive. So if God did it for Enoch, God was trying to slip it in for you and I to realize there's coming a group of people that's going to be in a certain age and a certain dispensation. And it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. And it's going to be a struggle. And everybody's going to be saying, ah, it don't matter. You don't need to worry about this. You don't need to worry about that. Just kind of be a good old fella and everything's going to be all right. Hear me. This ain't about whether I'm good. It's about whether I'm right with God. It's not about how much I given an offering. It's about how right I am with God in my heart. And if we're not careful, we'll teach our young people. We'll teach our young couples. It's all about possessions. No, it's not. Diligence has a payday. And when you diligently live for God with all of your heart, God will pay you back. What's the what's the saying? We used to quote it years ago. Live for God halfway. Half with your heart. You're going to have a half experience. But you live with him with all your heart. You're going to have all of heaven. Backing on experience and a transformation. Folks, we're living in an hour. We can't just afford fancy preaching, fancy singing, fancy buildings, and fancy little structured or a straight or a service structure. We've got to have an encounter that every time we come to the house of God, I'm not here to hear fancy entertainment. That platform is not a platform for entertainment. It's a place that the word of God goes forth, that you and I can grab it with faith and say, that's where I am, preacher. That's where I'm going through right now preacher and I'm going to do everything in my power to be with diligence about the father's business so Enoch slips in to show you and I there's coming a day God's going to catch us out of here and then he goes to verse 6 and here it is took me that long just to get to my sermon without Faith. What you done said something like that, God? He's coming back again to try to emphasize that when it comes to the end, your faith is what the enemy's going to be after. 
He's going to be after everything you've been taught from your daddy. Everything you've been taught from your mama. He's going to be after everything that you have exercised faith in, in God's word. And he says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without the faith. He's not asking for perfect faith. That scripture is not denoting that. He's asking for the measure of faith that every individual has. And he says, without you exercising, that's where he's going, that measure of faith, it's impossible to please him. And then he says, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. The first is comes from a Greek word that speaks of God's eternal state. Existent. It, it, the word actually is E-X-I-S-E. Exine. And what it means is, is God exists. Whether you believe it or not. Whether you feel a goosebump or not. Whether your hair stands up or not. Whether the Democrats win or not. Whether the Republicans win or not. Whether the UPC goes belly up or not. Whether the state of Louisiana goes bankrupt or not. God is a self-existent one. He never changes the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He never changes. He'll be the same on your worst day as he was on your best day. He don't change, Brother Ed. That means when I'm having my worst day and about to cuss. Don't act all holy. You know you do too. Oh my God, that's my pastor. Hey, I struggle just like you do. We struggle. And when we've got at wit's end and I'm... Mm, I, can't, I can't get angry. I, I need to be an example. I need to shut my mouth. I need to, on my worst day, Brother Charlie, he's there and he's the same as he was on my best day when I was talking in tongues at the altar and I prayed through and I got a blessing from the Lord. He was there and existent that day and he's the same on the day when I'm not doing my best job at living for him. I'm trying to encourage somebody right now to understand you ain't never going to be perfect. You ain't never going to have all your ducks in a row. And the day that you and I believe we do is the day that we're going to have to repent for pride. But God's trying to show the church in the end time hour if you'll be diligent in your faith and hang on with everything you got I'm able to reward you with something that you have never seen before the first is means existent one you gotta believe that God is not was is he is a present help in a time of trouble He is a present help in a time of trouble. But then it says, when you come, you got to believe he's the existent one. And that he is. That's a second is. It means something different. It means Janoni, Hebrew Janoni. And I love this one, Brother Darrell. He's ready to prove himself. You know what that just said? 
if I can muster up enough faith and realize he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love don't change. He loves me today the same amount he's going to love me tomorrow. God don't love you and I more. He may or not like what I do, but his love for you and I is constant. It never changes. And if I can realize that God is the existent one and his love today is the same, then I can take the next step that says, God's ready to prove himself. If I can put my faith in him diligently. That's the summation. I ain't there yet. I'm jumping ahead. Diligently is the key. Then he is and he's ready to prove himself to you and I like we've never. Well, I've been living for God forever. That's okay. You still ain't seen everything that God has. I've been living for God for six years. I pretty much, I think I got it down pat. You ain't seen nothing yet for what God can do in our families and what God can do in our area and what God can do in people that you and I are connected to because God is the self-existent one and he's ready for you and I to realize, God, you're ready to prove yourself to us as a family that you're ready to do that which is impossible. So if I know all of this, for he that cometh to God must believe he's the existent one and that he's ready to prove by reward. Everybody on the same page with me? Because here's, here's where it just kind of tighten your seatbelt. Of them that what? Meaning. He ain't none of that until you're diligent to seek him. You'll never get the revelation of he's a self-existent one. I'll never get the revelation that he can do anything, Brother Darrell, until I diligently, you know what the word diligent means? Wholehearted. Wholehearted. Give me that iPad real quick. Wholehearted. Wholehearted faith. Wholehearted. Watch this one. Vahimi. Vahimi. Wholeheartedly vehemen. I seek you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, you good. I love you. Is that vehement? Ain't even close. Is that wholeheartedly? Uh-uh, because usually when I'm saying that, I'm thinking, hey, what are we cooking for supper tonight? Jesus, I love you. Ooh, you know what? I need to hurry up and call Brother Bush now. I need to hurry up and tell him about this. Jesus, I love you. God, you're so good. God, you're faithful. Man, you're a great old dude. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, man. Oh, you know what? I need to hurry up and get to the church to take care of that. Is there any vehemence in that? Is there any wholeheartedness in that? And I just missed a revelation of God trying to prove himself. How many times have we faced crises in our life and situations and crossroads, Brother Mark, that we don't know what we're going to do and where we're going to turn? And all it would take would be a diligent, wholehearted, vehement. Seek means desire. That with all of my heart and with every bit of vehemence that I seek Him and I desire Him more than anything in this world. I've said it before and I'll keep saying it again. I need Him more than the breath that's in my body. We got people trying to keep their breath. 
I'm not advocating mass suicide. That ain't what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is nothing matters but that I find him. What good does it do to have breath and be lost? What good does it do to have breath in my body? It pays for them. But does it pay for me to understand a relationship in God that he desires for me? If I don't diligently seek Him. If I don't, with everything I have, seek Him. Now, I've done quoted you the scriptures. There's multiple things we can seek. Sons of Zebedee came, or the mother of, uh, of the wife of Zebedee, the John and James's mama. You know what I'm talking about. Zebedee's wife. I want you to, Jesus, put these two boys on your right hand and left hand. Some people are seeking position. Some people are seeking things. They seek platform, pulpit. They seek politics. They seek positions and jobs. Not for the pure reason, but that they can be identified. This is me. I succeeded. When what God is trying to tell you and I in this end time hour, you're a success if you live for God with all your heart. And how did Jesus say it in Matthew 6? Seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things shall be added. Anybody ever wonder what the these were? Go back and read it. He said the birds provided for. The animals are provided for. Why are you worried like the Gentiles who have no faith? They're worried about where their next meal's coming from. He said when you put me first, when you diligently seek me first, I'll put a roof over your head. I'll put food on your table. I'll give you help when you diligently seek him. Diligence. That's what he was saying in Matthew 6. Zebedee, mama came and she tried to pull her stunt. That's what she was seeking. And God and Jesus rebuked her. He said, this ain't for me to give. I can't give this to you. How many other times did he say, ask and it shall be, seek and ye shall knock. He's giving you a picture. Ask. I'm going to him. What am I asking? God, I need you to heal my ingrown toenail. God, I need you to fix my. No. God, I'm asking for more of you. I'm not asking for you to fix my problems today. I'm asking for more of you. Let me see you in the valley. Let me see you in my problem. Let me see you as the one that's here to prove yourself to me through my trouble. He gives the list. I really believe with all my heart, the visitors that we saw Sunday, the 216 people that were here, God did all of that for a reason. God breathed life into us as a body showing us what he's wanting to do. But if we don't diligently begin to seek him with every fiber of our body, Brother Daryl, what he used to kind of resuscitate. Come on somebody, y'all need to help me right now. He used to resuscitate and give you and I a vision of what we can do when we all join together. He did it to kind of, re- hey, look at where we are. The harvest is here and it's upon us. But now the next stage of that is this. We've got to get them back. And the way we get them back is we diligently seek the Lord for that which was lost. 
so many. Find me Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 real quick. Come see Gil. Come here, baby Gil. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. And it shall come to pass. What are we seeking after? I'm not seeking to grow a church. I'm seeking to build people. I'm not seeking a bunch of numbers. I'm seeking to see people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if I diligently with all of my heart, see so many times though, Brother Daryl, we get caught up in world and life and I start seeking the reward. Can you toggle for me quickly? Go back to Hebrews 11 and 6 and we're going to go back to Deuteronomy 28 and 1. What did he say at the end of, he said, for him that will diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek. Does it say him a reward in Hebrews 11 and 6? It says him. Here's what we do, Brother Micah. We diligently seek the reward and not him. We diligently seek what he's going to do for me instead of what he is. He's going to give me a raise. He gonna, we do all this praying over our offering for those that are giving and tithing and offering and building fund. That's a prayer we pray over that offering. We're not seeking the reward. We're not seeking him to give us checks in the mail. We're seeking him by putting him first. And by putting him first, the reward will find us. In Hebrews 11 and 6, he's saying, you've got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligent. We reverse it. And we start seeking the reward. Now go to Deuteronomy 28 and 1. And it starts with, and it shall come to pass if you what? Hearken diligently. There's that word again. Diligence has a payday. But where I'm not diligent, it'll never happen. He said, unto the voice to observe, and he don't just stop with observe, because it's one thing to hear it, it's another thing to do it. The Bible says, let no filthy communication come out of your mouth. Well, that's hard sometimes to do for some. It's hard to stay pure for some. But he said, if you'll hear it and do it, watch what he says. All his commandments, the Lord will set thee on high above. I'm not going to qualify it. I ain't got time tonight. But you know what he's talking about? It's connecting all the way back to what I've been teaching on Wednesday night about the high places. It runs a thread all the way to Ephesians 5 and 6, 7, 8, and all the way down to 12 and 13 of Ephesians. He'll take, if I hearken, he will put you and make you the head and not the tail. Next verse. And all the blessings shall come on thee and what? Now here it is. If I seek God and I put him first in everything, what direction am I facing? He's reward. He's blessing. He's healing my family. He's healing and miracles and all that. He said, if you seek him diligently, all my heart, every bit of fiber in me, brother Mike, seek him. What does he say? Watch. The blessings overtake. 
the other way. I want more money. I want to be popular. I want to be this. I, I want the things of the world. What did I just seek? And what's happening? And I go to God saying, I need a miracle. I need my family saved. I need God to move. I need the self-existent one to prove himself. And God's saying, what are you seeking? What are, what are we? But I, I want more. I want to be a pop. Man, I want to preach camp meeting. I've been around them. I've heard them. And I'm telling you, if I get in with this one, I'm going to better preach camp meeting. I'm going to better preach a conference. You missed it, Doc. You missed what this is all about. This ain't a matter of you and I promoting. It's a matter of me diligently seeking Him. Because hear me, if you diligently seek Him, diligence has a payday. If I'll sell out with everything I got, Brother Daryl, and pray... The prayer James said, the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man avails. The availing is the reward of me seeking. The, the availing, the reward, it's going to come one way or the other, Brother Daryl, as long as I seek him. First. So I ask today, thanks guys, tonight, I'm closing, musicians you come, I got some other things I'm going to go into, but you know what, I'm going to stop right there, and I want you to hear me, Jesus said this in Mark 8 and 12, he sighed in his spirit when the generation asked him, send us a sign, and Jesus, he sighed in his spirit, and he said, why, look, why is this generation seeking a reward? We're seeking things that don't matter. When if I would seek him and what matters to him, the blessing and the reward. Look at what it did to him. He sighed deep. In his spirit. There was a part of Jesus. You know I wonder if he didn't at that moment. Brother Micah say. I've been with you all this time. And you really. What am I? Am I not the sign? But brother Daryl. They could not perceive. That he was he. The alpha. The I am. They couldn't perceive it. Because he came from Joseph. And the mess up and the hope. He's just a carpenter's son. And they had heard the word for so long, Sister Debbie, that when it finally came time to move into it, there was no diligence. There was no hunger for it. Oh, I want this more than life itself. I always use the analogy, and this will be my second to last point. I've said this before. If I go kick you in the shin, you're going to get angry. Don't say you're not emotional. Because that's a lie. If I kick you in the shin or kick you in the nose, you're going to come up fighting for the men. 
And for the women, you're probably going to cry and drive us crazy. But you're going to show some emotion. And here's what God's saying. I just want some emotion in diligently doing it with all of your heart. There's a payday coming to this church. There's a payday coming to some individuals in this church. And if you and I will hearken unto the word of the Lord with every fiber in our body and diligently seek Him, Brother Butch, with everything I got in my body. What are you saying? I'm going to praise Him with every bit of strength I got. Come on, stand with me. Has anybody got something in them that they can leap for joy? I'm going to leap with everything I have. I'm going to shout with everything that I have. Because I want heaven to know I'm diligently seeking Him. That lady lost that little coin. There was three stories in there. There was a story of a coin that was lost. There was a ship that was lost. And there was a son that was lost. But we call prodigal. We're prodigal ain't even in the Bible. But he was a wayward son. And those three things all signifying what's lost. But now watch the lady. She swept, Brother Larry. She had ten pieces. And she only lost one. Here's what we say. Who cares? You got nine. We have lost the value on everything. But I lost that, and it don't matter. It don't, it's kind of all just kind of common. It don't really matter. But we, we lost that one, but it don't matter. Every soul matters. And if that lady cares enough about one that she lost and she turns the house upside down, Sister Melissa, to find it, you know what she did? She diligently sought it till it would be found. God is calling this church to intercessory, diligent prayer. That if we'll seek Him for the souls of humanity, God will bring them in here by the droves. Now watch me. Those others, I really believe God sent them to show you and I. Here's where we are. Here's what we can do. Prayers brought back. But it's only the icing on the cake for what God's wanting to do. And the next level is going to take a commitment of dedication and prayer. Diligence. All I'm going to tell you is the payday on it is going to be your son sitting by you in church. It's going to be your daughter sitting by you in church. Folks, there's a revival that's going to break in this community, in this area, and in this state. Whosoever will. God's not looking at at individuality of a church. He's looking at the heartbeat of people in that church. And those that will be diligent and say, God, I'll seek you with all of my heart's desire. God is going to bring you and I a payday like we've never seen before. I want to see 
Blinded eyes open. Miracles. And I've seen some of this stuff. I've seen I want to see the gifts of spirit. All that kind of stuff. Five, four minutes. I, I, I believe in all this. But I can't see that before I see you. And where we've gotten in trouble as a church, we've sought all that stuff because we think that draws a crowd. Come on, somebody. You need to remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. Faith does not come by miracle. It may be a testimony that may spur faith. But we can have revival without one miracle taking place. I want them. But I want the directionality of our hearts to be, I seek first the kingdom of God. I want whatever he wants. If he wants to do miracles, then God, we're ready for it. If you want to open blinded eyes, then I'm ready for it. If you want to bring in the prostitute and the drug addict, then I'm ready for it. But whatever it is, do it with diligence unto the Lord. If you believe that it's through diligence that we're going to see it, I want you to step out of that pew and with your hands high in the air, I want you to make your way to the front if you believe that in your heart. This message ain't for everybody tonight, maybe. I believe it's for people that are hungry, people in Indian Village that are ready to see sons and daughters filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's leave the house. Let's seek and find that which is lost. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, let there be a roar in the spirit. Lift your voice with diligence. <laughs> 